Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church. Today, as you know, we're starting a brand new series called 30 Days to Live. And this series is about, really about priorities. Because, you know, if you were given the message that you had 30 days to live, all of a sudden, I think your thinking and your mindset becomes crystal clear of what's really important. And what our goal here is in this, in this series is, okay, let's think like that anyway so that we can live the best life possible. Because I believe if we can get our priorities in line, then everything else uh, will fall into place. You know, I like to start with something funny. I heard about this, uh, this man that was having some problems. So he and his wife went to the doctor and the doctor did an examination and then looked at his wife and said, hey, can I talk to you out in the hallway? And so they went out in the hallway and he said, look, your, your husband's really uh, sick. And in fact, I believe it's fatal. He's going to die, uh, but it is treatable. And here's what he needs more than anything else. You need to take him home, give him three good meals every day. You need to make him comfortable as possible. You need to take away stress from his life. And you need to be intimate with him every day. And if you do those things, he'll live. Well, she went back in the room and she said, Honey, I'm so sorry. The doctor just told me you're going to die. <laughs> you know, here's the truth of the matter is all of us are going to die at one point. We're all scheduled to die. This past week, um, I found out that I am scheduled to die on Tuesday, June 24th, 2053. Yes, that was, this is my scheduled date. You say, how do you know that? It's simple. I went to deathclock.com. Go to deathclock, you know, and you put in your, uh, your weight, your height, you put in several other things, and all of a sudden, they will tell you when you're going to die. I was pretty impressed, Okay. 92 years old. That, that's, that's pretty impressive. And so that's why I took a picture of it and said, man, I want to keep that. You know, no, here's the truth. None of us really know when we're going to die. I mean, I could walk out in this parking lot and be uh, hit by a car and die today. I mean, the way some of you drive, that could be possible. Um, or, you know, I could have uh, cancer and not know it and die six months from now. I could have a heart attack when I'm preaching here. Who knows? I could get home and, and get bit by a spider or a wild animal or a ravenous squirrel or maybe a venomous snake. I'll never forget several years ago, we lived off of Hardy McManus Road. And um, in those days, we had a back door that would... Uh, opened up from our bedroom into the screen porch. And so there are many times that we'd like to sleep with the back door wide open. So just to get the night air into the bedroom and, and so forth. And so this went on for a while until Patty went out to water her flowers and picked up the water bucket and looked down and there was a snake in the water bucket. That's the last day we slept with the door open. Okay, no snakes. You know, I could be, I could be bitten by a venomous snake. I could die on a piece of hard candy. You know, we don't know how that's going to happen, but here's what we do know. We know that we should live, like the song says, live like we are dying, right? And so how would your life be different if you only had 30 days to live? This series is built on two verses of scripture from the book of Psalms. 
In Psalm chapter 39, um, verses 4 and 5, it said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. Now, in those days, they would often use their hand to measure things. It's not like they had a ruler like we have. Uh, but they would measure it from the very uh, end of your palm to the, where your fingers start. That is the width of your hand. And what he's saying is, uh, my life is no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. And the reason it's just a moment to you, because God is eternal. God is everlasting. And when you look at our lifetime, whether it's uh, 70, 80, 90 years, it's still just a blip on the radar when you consider the, uh, uh, the eternality of God. And so my lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And so many times, uh, we don't think like our life is that short. We live as if it will never end. But the truth of the matter is, it's brief. It's short. It's like a a blip on the radar screen. And we don't think that, especially when things are tough. When things are tough, we have this idea, we'll never get out of this mess. We'll never get out of this problem. We'll never get out of this difficulty. And some of you think that, oh, I'll never get out of school. You know, the semester just started uh, last week, and, and it has already been a tough semester, and you're just a couple of days into it. And you're thinking, this season will never pass, but it will pass. Some of you uh, have small kids, and you think, we'll never get out of this phase of, of, of diapers and, and high chairs and baby beds, but it will it will pass. You will get out of that. Some of you have feel like you've been stuck in this season of your life. And it's never going to pass. But it will pass. Life is just, uh, it's a vapor. It's a mist. In fact, that's what James chapter 4 says in the Bible. James chapter 4 verse 13 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow. We're going to go to this or that city. Hey, we're going to spend the year there. We're going to carry on some business and we're going to make a lot of money. And he goes on to say, why? You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Now, it's interesting. These verses right here, to me, I see that he is speaking to the business people in in his audience. He's saying, listen, business folks. You're here starting this brand new year and you're trying to make plans for the new year. And you've got your plan and and you're going to go to this city or that city. You're going to expand into a new market. You're going to go there. You're going to sell your product. You're going to make a lot of money. You've got it all mapped out. And he said, time out here. What do you mean you're going to do all this? You're going to do that. You're going to do the other. Your life is just a myth. What he's really saying is, You need to be careful when you make all of these plans. You need to be careful to include God in those plans. See, too many times, uh, you know, we make these New Year's resolutions. You know, we've been doing that. I'm not going to ask you if you've broken yours yet. Uh, And some of you are just so frustrated with that. You didn't even make any. I get that. Um, But so many times we have these goals and we have these plans and we don't include God in them. 
This series is just about helping us to press pause for a minute, to make plans, to to create dreams and goals, but to have God as the, the source that is feeding that. And really, when we... Uh, do that and we refocus on that, we get our priorities in line, then there's a better opportunity for us to see that come to pass. What is your life? You're a mist. You know, James says that you're a mist. When you think about it, a mist doesn't have control of where it goes. You get up in the morning and you see that mist uh, over the horizon. But then the sun comes up and it causes that mist to dissipate. Or maybe there's a mist and then there's a wind that blows that mist away. The mist has no control over itself. We are a mist. And we understand that God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for you. And too many times we fight against that plan. Instead of saying, God, come, I surrender to that. That's why this season is so important. It's a season about getting our our house in order, our lives um, in focus. It's a season about getting our priorities straight. And that's why we carve out uh, 21 days every January and every August. And it's during this season that we say, God, get the junk out of our lives. Get the junk out of my life. Get the junk out of my life so that I can be filled with your Holy Spirit. It is so important that we, we come to that place. How would your life be different if you only had 30 days to live? Would you make room in your life for 21 days of prayer? Would you make room in your life for God? I hope so. Because these are important times. It's important for you to to recalibrate your life. It's also important for you to stand in uh, the gap for other people. This past week, as I was going through the prayer cards, we had hundreds of prayer cards. And if you have prayer needs... Uh, We don't have the red cards like we did last week, but there is a tear off a connect card. And on the back of that connect card, it says prayer request. And just feel free to fill that out and drop it in the offering basket or bring it up here. And we'll pray over it. I was going over uh, just some, literally some random cards I picked up over this past week. And I started praying over them. And it really startled me because the number of people that are struggling with depression... It's like a cloud that's over you. And it's my prayer this week that I prayed for you, that God would break forth that cloud and let the sun shine again. I prayed, I saw one card that said, uh, I pray that my life will end and my life on this this earth will be over. And then it dropped down and put an asterisk and said, uh, now Marty said he would pray over this if I would be honest or something like that. I'll tell you, that was startling. And if that's you in this... uh, in this auditorium, you need to know that we have prayed for you and, and we just hold on to uh, the Psalm 118 that you will live and not die and that there is hope for you. I, I read another card this week uh, that said, uh, I'm covered in guilt and shame. I need forgiveness. Last year, I had an abortion. And so she talks about that. She can't get free of that. And let me say, I don't know if you're in this audience today. But as I prayed for you, I I thought about how Jesus dealt with a woman that said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. When you're looking around in this audience, there's not going to be condemnation. Because when you look at this audience, there are people all over this audience that we have made mistakes. We have fallen short. We've sinned. 
And we're not here to condemn you. We're here to, to partner with you and help you go to a new life. Because here's what we've discovered. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so we all come at the same place. So we think about this. The series is about priorities. I'm thinking like, what can I say to encourage you to take your next step in your priorities? What can I say just simply that maybe would be a help to you? That maybe would be something very practical that that would help maybe you jumpstart your life. Or maybe help you take that next step into your future. Because God does have a plan for you and I want you to take that next step. There's three things I want to share with you today. Three simple things. When I think about what would happen if we had 30 days to live, I would say to you, I want you to make the most of this moment. Make the most of this moment. Stop waiting for then when your time is now. Too many of us are waiting for something else to happen. We're thinking, well, when this happens, then I will do this. When this happens, then I'll take that step. And, and we're waiting. It's like this, this when and then. When this happens, then this is what I'll do. And all the while, we put our lives on pause and life is passing us by. Make the most of this moment. You'll say, Marty, my life is not as nice and glorious as yours. Look, make the most of this moment. Whatever season you may be in, if you're a season of tilling the ground or season of planting seeds or season of bringing in a harvest, if you're a season of sadness, if you're a season of great success, make the most of this moment you have today. I love Psalm chapter 1. 18 and verse 24, this is one of my favorite verses of all times. It says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. This is the day that today is your day. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it. They'll say, Marty, rejoice. Look at my life. Maybe you won't rejoice over the circumstances and the pain that you're suffering through now. But I want you to to understand when you surrender your life to God and you get up under those things that he has put over you, you get in right, right relationship, you will realize that this season of pain that you're in is a short season. Because he is going to give you the strength and the power to get through what you're going through. And this is the day the Lord has made. And you can rejoice in faith and you can be glad in it. So we've got to embrace the moment. We've got to turn our thens into now. Now is the time. This is the opportunity. We need to get up tomorrow morning and truly say, I'm going to take that step. It may be uncomfortable. It may uh, be scary. But I'm going to take a step of faith and believe that God is going to give me the strength to do that. Don't put off. Till a later time, but today is your day. I said there's three things I just want to just to share with you to try to encourage you in this time. Here's the second one. Never let the good go undone. I want you to close the gap between your good intentions and your actions. 
Because if you're like me, you start off with a lot of good intentions. Man, I intend to do this, this, and this. And we have this long list of intentions. But before you know it, there's this gap between our good intentions and our actions. In other words, there's a lot of good things that we never get around to doing. Oh, yeah, we never, we just didn't get around to it. Because there's this gap between our good intentions and our actions. And what I'm saying in this point, God, help me to close the gap. Help me to close the gap between my good intentions and actions. Let me uh, do good to those that I can do good for. This is the message of James chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, anyone who then knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, mm, it's not good because he's sinning when he does that. If you know something good that you can do, but you don't do it, that's sin. This is similar to Proverbs chapter 3. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, hey, come back later. We'll take care of it. I'll give it to you tomorrow when you know that you have it with you right now. In other words, if you have an opportunity to do something good, do it now. Don't put it off. I believe that God has given us resources and God has given us um, opportunities to do good in this world. And many of those opportunities may come to you this week. And so I just want you to be aware of those because I do believe that when we get involved in helping somebody else out, it makes a lasting difference. Sometimes it can be very practical. One thing I did this last week, it's cold, rainy, you know, at the house. So I'm just going to clean out my closet and get all of those things that, um, that I don't wear or, or maybe, you know, I used to wear, but then Christmas desserts happened, and uh, I increased in, in wisdom and waist size, you know, that stuff happens. Life happens. And so I just started cleaning out all of that stuff, and I brought it to the Augusta Dream Center. You know, we've got a bin right here at entry number two. And let me say this, that jacket that is sitting in your closet, that you've got a new jacket for Christmas, that may not mean anything to you now since you have a new one, but I'll tell you, it'll make a difference in somebody in this community that we can do good to them by providing a jacket for them. Last year, Stevens Creek Church served over 15,000 under-resourced people in this community. And it's through the generous actions or the generous good that you have done. I just want to challenge you. Don't let a good go undone. Maybe this afternoon. Maybe it's going to be cloudy and gloomy. Maybe there's a couple of... uh, Uh, things that you can do around your house to help somebody else out. When you do that, it makes you feel good on the inside because you see the good you're doing on the outside. I said there are three things. Here's the the third one. Is that, you know, we've talked about turning then into now. We're talking about turning um, intentions into actions. And then the third thing, I just want you to turn your whole heart toward God. I want you to turn your whole heart toward God. You know, uh, when you walk through the doors at Stevens Creek Church, you'll see those seven icons on the wall. And we talked about that last week, the seven steps of Stevens Creek. Because over 25 years ago, we just said, okay, how do we reach this community? How do we create an environment 
where people who are unchurched, people who are far from God, can come hear a life-changing message and be turned into a fully devoted follower of Christ. And so we embrace the seven steps. We talked about that last week. But the interesting thing is the goal of it is to turn irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Christ. Full devotion. And so that's this point. If we're going to live out our dreams and be the people God has called us to be, we need to be fully devoted. Fully devoted. Sold out. Here's the point. Most people want to give God just enough. But Jesus wants your whole heart. Most people, just enough. They want to get to heaven. This is their plan, seriously. I've seen scores of people like this. They want to get to heaven on the skin of their teeth. It doesn't matter. If they can get in by the skin of their teeth, it's all good. Folks, I don't want you to live your life just barely making it into somewhere. Just barely making it in. I don't want you to barely get into heaven. And I don't want you to barely make it in your career. I don't want you to barely have a good family. I want you to be all in. I want you to be uh, fully engaged, fully devoted. Here's the point. A little bit of God is not going to change your life at all. Some people, oh, just give me a little bit of God. Uh, let, me, let me just wave at him on a Sunday. Let me just drop a couple of dollars his way. Let me just have a little bit of God. Look, a little bit of God is not going to do you any good. A little bit of God... It's not going to change your life. You need to open up your heart and say, God, I'll give you my life. All the good and all the bad, all the mistakes, all the mirror. I give you everything. I surrender to you. When we come to God with that kind of mindset, all of a sudden our priorities start lining up. And becoming very clear. God, I give you my life. How would you live your life different if you only had 30 days to live? I want to share a story. And this story I shared several years ago. It's a story of Stacy McCauley. She's a wife, a mother, and a daughter. Listen to her story today. Well, I'm, I'm kind of everyone's, every breast cancer survivor's worst nightmare, really, because I was first diagnosed in 2004 um, with stage one. And I came back with my nodes clean and everything, and I, I did chemo, and I, I did the double mastectomy. I did everything right. and But for some odd reason, um, the cancer went to the lymph node behind my breastbone, which is practically unheard of. And so it was allowed to grow there, for several years, it didn't cause me any problems, and now it's in my bones, so I'm considered stage four. And um, unless there's a miracle, you know, I'm going to be going home soon. And I'm kind of double-minded about it because there's part of me that is kind of excited in a weird way, you know, because I'm, I'm I know where I'm going, and it's going to be a great place. And then, but this this other part of me that's not ready to go yet, I'm 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 just I'm too young. And I feel for the people that I'm leaving behind, you know, especially my girls. <sighs> Probably not going to see them grow up, you know. I feel cheated. 
out of grandbabies. I feel cheated out of weddings. I, I feel, you know, I'm double-minded. I have this, this, I have this argument with myself. Two different feelings about this same thing. I want to be more present in the moment because I don't have very many moments left. And so I just, I try to enjoy every moment. And um, even in the mundane things, you know, I mean, that's the harder thing to do, but even in the mundane things, I try to just enjoy it, even if that means, you know, talking to God or singing to Him, you know. Um, but I, I try not to take anything for granted because we're, we're not guaranteed anything, you know. And I know I don't have much, many moments left. What's important? Things aren't important. Going places, that's not important. Um, family, friends, relationships, that's what's important. It really is. It's the only thing that you can really, I guess, in a way, take with you in your heart, you know? Don't expect tomorrow to come. It may not be there. You, need to, you can't wait until you're sick to start living because to be honest with you a lot of the time you don't feel good enough to do what you want to do you know you need to start living now now there's no wait until the doctor tells you you need to fix the relationship now you need to live in the moment now you need to enjoy yourself and the people that you're with now don't wait I hear Stacy's story. That one line just really speaks out to me. He said, you can't wait until you're sick to start living. Today is your day. I believe that you can start living today. And there's so many people that don't even understand what it means to have that life that she's referring to because you've lived your life focused on yourself and what I'm just saying to you as we look at uh, 2019 as we're striving to create goals and plans I'm just asking you to put God first to put God first in your life to give Him your whole life. To give Him your mistakes and to give Him your sins and to give Him your regrets. You don't have to carry that anymore. You can start over. And some of you feel like, oh, Marty, you just don't know that I have made way too many mistakes to, to be in good graces with Him. I've ruined way too many relationships. And you're thinking, I've got to go back and do a lot of good work so that you can even out the score because you've got your bad deeds over here and you've got your good deeds and you're trying to do enough good deeds to even the, the scales. But it doesn't work that way. You and I cannot do enough good deeds to outweigh the bad things that we've done. And God knew that. 
And that's why Jesus came. That's the story of Christmas. You'll give him the name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That's the story of Easter that Jesus went to the cross to pay the penalty, my penalty, your penalty. And so give it over to him. It's not too late. Look, you can't change your past. It's done. But God can change your future. And today is your day. Today is the day just to simply surrender, to say, God, take charge. God, I'm giving you my life. The good, the bad, the sins, mistakes, everything, I'm giving it to you. And if you'll do that, all of a sudden, you'll start to see your priorities come in line. Are you ready, though? Are you ready to take that step? Are you ready to give it over to him? Over the next few minutes, I want to pray two prayers. And the first prayer is for those individuals that have never done that. Or maybe you've done that years ago, and today God is prompting you to make things right with him. And to rededicate your life to him. So our first prayer and our first focus is let's get it right with God. I'm telling you, if I knew that I had 30 days to live, that's the first thing I want to do. I want to make sure that things are right with the Lord. The beauty of this series is this. I want you to get prepared. And I just want you to live your life with the blessings of that clarity and the blessings of knowing that your priorities are in order. So are you ready? You say, Marty, what do I do? Just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. Help me. Simple, help me. Maybe it's forgive me. Maybe it's as simple as, God, I need guidance. But we come to him and we cry out to him. Will you be willing to do that? Would you be courageous enough to pray a bold prayer like that? If you will, I promise you, things will be different. Let's bow our heads for a moment. And to those of you that are watching online, to those in this auditorium, you're not here by accident, but God has brought you here for this specific reason. This is our first prayer. Now, after this, I'll set up the second prayer. But let's just let this wait for a minute. Are you ready to say, God, this is the day. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to accept you. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that we have to reflect on our lives, to reflect on our decisions, and to reflect on your grace. I pray right now for people in this room, people who are watching. I pray that they would be courageous enough and bold enough to pray this prayer. Just say this. Say, Jesus, help me. Say that. Say, Jesus, help me. Save me. Forgive me for my sins. Say that. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. I turn it over to you. Now fill me with your spirit and your power. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe if you prayed that prayer, I want you to tell somebody. I want you to stop by the information center out in the atrium. They'll give you some 
um, some next steps for you to take. It's so important that we make things right with God. But here's the second thing. I want you to use this time to make things right with other people. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than to be at odds with somebody. And I realize some of you are are so at odds with people that you never see the gulf coming together. And it may not on this side. The Bible says you need to live at peace with everyone as far as it's possible. You know, sometimes it is not possible. But there are times that it is possible and that you're going to be prompted to try to make things right. And the reason this is important is because we are not promised tomorrow. And I don't want you to go into your future with regrets. Say, man, I wish I'd have said something. I wish I'd have done something. And so for the next few minutes, God may bring somebody's um, to your mind. And that's just going to be a simple prompting for maybe you send a text, maybe to have a phone conversation, maybe go take them out to lunch or just to try to make things right, just to do your part, understanding they may not receive it, but you're just going to do what you can do. In March 16th, 1991, Reba McIntyre had a concert in California. Now, after that concert, she had been struggling with some bronchitis issues. So her and her husband stayed back at a hotel just for her to get rest before they continued the tour. Her band loaded up uh, uh, on a plane and took off for the next city. It was 1.45 in the morning after they got loaded up. As they took off, they went 10 miles west And the plane went down and crashed and all seven members of her band died that day. Reba had a hard time getting through that. In fact, her next album, and many of you know this story, her next album dealt with broken hearts. And there's a song on that album that she dedicated to her band members. It's called, If I'd Only Known. I've asked Sarah New to come around and, and sing Reba's song. And I just want this song to touch us in a deep place. And maybe this song could be a way of motivating us to make things right, not only with God, but motivating us to make things right with some other folks. Keep you 
your side I'd pray a miracle would stop the dawn And when you smiled at me I would look into your eyes And make sure you know my love life is a mist it's a vapor and that you're here one moment and then gone the next your life is like a hand breath it's brief I want you to make the most of every opportunity to make things right with the people that you're with And I realized by looking at these prayer cards this week, there's a lot of families in crisis here. And that crisis looks different. And it can be between husband and wife. It can be from parent to child. It can be a whole host of things. And God has given us this opportunity here to treasure the moments and make the moments, uh, make the most of the moments that we have. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family today. I want to pray that God would start to heal the brokenness and heal the pain so that you can get on with your next phase of life. So that, that this failure is not going to be final but it's truly going to be something that propels you into a better life. So let's pray together. Father, as I look at this audience today, and then I just imagine of the people watching, it is my heart's prayer that you would just be present with us and that your strength would be a a healing presence. That God would start to... to uh, to, uh, to bring healing to those people that have broken hearts and, and broken relationships and that you would start to create opportunities this week for people to make things right. That we would have the courage and the boldness to take that step, that we would be the first ones to extend grace. We would be the first ones to extend love. I pray, God, that healing would flow throughout this church and into this community. God, let us love a little bit deeper uh, this week and let us care a little bit more this week. As you go with us, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now next week, we're going to continue this series, 30 Days to a New New Life. And I want to give you a personal story that happened to me several months ago that really prompted me uh, to do this series. So I want you to come back next week and I'll share that then. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.